Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. So glad that you're here with us today. I really appreciate it. Every time you take the time to invest in us, to invest in yourself as we help you thrive in both your life and your business. We are so glad to have you here today and thank you so much for all that you do in the world. What I know is the people that we come in contact with have amazing messages that they are changing the world. And here's the thing. We all want to live our best life. We all have dreams. We all have goals. But do you understand that you deserve it? That you deserve to be happy. You deserve to live fulfilled. You deserve to live at peace and to show up powerfully in the world so that you can make the difference that you were intended, that you're put on this planet to make. Today we really want to focus on what you really deserve because I think a lot of times we buy into a story that tells us that we're undeserving that we you know should settle for less than for some of us um, you know it comes out of our childhood I've shared on social media you know even a couple of times here in the show um, growing up I came from a family that um, you know, we were really poor. I didn't know we were poor. We lived in mostly upper middle class type of neighborhoods with my dad as a pastor. And, um, you know, the house was always nice in the neighborhood and the school and the kids. And I didn't realize where we were at at that point in my life. I then come back later on, you know, as an adult in my 40s. And I start recounting stories to people, and they're like, you know, that's not normal, right? That's not really how things are. And, and I had to really understand that um, some of the things that I was saying to myself, some of the things that I thought that I deserved were based out of that lack in my childhood. Um, and that's not a diss against my parents. They did an amazing job. I've talked before on the show about all the things that my parents have done and shown up in the world. Money just wasn't one of those things. We, you know, we were a, a poverty family, you know, and, and that is some of the things that then shape the opinions, the attitudes, the, the way that I approach money. And I've had to learn different things, different ways of showing up in the world. And we all have that. We have those things that we think, we've told ourselves, we believe strongly that we deserve. But the truth of the matter is, is you deserve so much more. No matter what level you're at. You know, you could be brand new, startup, just... I mean, maybe you're not even out of high school. Maybe you're a high school kid who's wanting to start a business. You could be at the very beginning of life. You could be, you know, 90 plus years old at the very end of your life with this goal and dream still 
to do this thing in business. Um, and anywhere along the spectrum, anywhere along the way, you could be a multi-billionaire. Um, you know, you could be like my friend Errol and have had success after success after success of the 47 successful businesses that he's created and sold. But what you need to understand is that whatever level you're at, we tend to buy into that being who we are and what we deserve. And what I'm here to challenge you to help you understand today is that you deserve so much more. Life is about so much more than what you've given yourself credit, uh, ability to be able to receive. And our ability to receive is really based on our ability to believe. There's an old saying, you know, if you can conceive and believe, you can achieve. Um, you know, and I know a lot of times on the show I use, um, you know, phrases like that that have come from my background, from mentors and from sales trainings and Tony Robbins and people like that. And I encourage you to see past what our minds can say and it's like, well, that's a really good, you know, trite phrase and really get to a place where you're like, wait a minute, if I can believe and conceive, I can achieve I don't know about you, but I have a pretty good imagination. You know, but the thing about it is, is, is that first you have to conceive it. Then you have to believe it. You know, sometimes we imagine things, you know, what if I could fly? You know, what if I had wings that sprouted out of the back of my body and I could fly? You know, we, are, we probably aren't going to believe that. Probably not. It's probably not real, and in our rational minds, we know that. But what is real is our ability to be able to go further, do more, make more money, make a greater, bigger impact in the world. And the only limit to that type of success, that type of flight, if you will, really does come down to can you first conceive it and then second, believe it. And that's what it takes to be able to achieve. So what do you really deserve? I mean, really, what do you deserve? Well, you know, I mean, there is the age-old, whatever you put into life is exactly what you're going to get back out of it. Absolutely. But you also need to understand that you were made for a purpose, for bigger, for greater, for probably more than you're able, capable of conceiving right now. Um, you know, I bring up Bible verses every once in a while, and I'm pretty unapologetic about it because it's just ingrained in me. Um, because what I know is, is that if you absented your own personal beliefs away from it, there is some real wisdom that we can glean. And there's one verse that says that we are the element of what we believe. The often misquoted phrase, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, has to do with the fact that your beliefs inside of you show up to who you are. So it's not so much a matter of, um, you know, what you can do. It's a matter of what have you bought into? What can you believe? And so I really encourage you, 
Um, you know, I think a lot of us are great as entrepreneurs at conceiving things, but I, I really challenge you today. What can you believe? What can you really see yourself as deserving of? Take that word in for a minute. Deserving. What do I deserve? Okay, now what's possible? You see, in the end, none of us probably really get the downside of what we deserve. Because all of us have made mistakes, all of us have failed, all of us have done less than. But this type of deserving, what I'm talking about is what's possible. What is there available for you? Regardless of where you started, where can you end? And I'm here to inspire you today to know that when it comes to that level of deserving, you as a person deserve exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ask or even think of. Now think about that for a minute. Exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ask or even think of. So going back to the conceptual, you know, conceptualization, what can you conceive? Above your own mind's capability of coming up with things. Abundantly beyond that. So massively, greatly, above and beyond even those things that you have the capability as a person to be able to see yourself deserving of, you are. You're deserving of so many great things. And I really want for you to thrive. And the number one step in thriving is to embrace our own greatness. Not from a conceited standpoint, but from the standpoint of being able to say, I am deserving of love. I am deserving of respect. I am deserving of making an impact in this world and being able to be profitable and even abundant as I make that impact. That's what you deserve. Are you ready to embrace that? Because then you can live as a thriving entrepreneur. Take that to heart. We'll be right back after these messages. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. 
Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us here on Thriving Entrepreneur today where we're going to talk about what do you deserve. And we're going to inspire you to see that you deserve so much more. So let me ask you a question. What are the things that you think you deserve in life? A lot of times, let's be real, we um, think we deserve things that aren't so nice to ourselves. But the truth of the matter is, is you really deserve good things in life. So let's talk a little bit about that. Today, we're joined by best-selling author, Deborah Bruner. Her book, You Deserve This, Not That, Living an Abundant Life After Near-Death Abuse and Addiction. Hi, Deborah. How are you today? Hi, everyone. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. So, um, you know, we said it right here in the title of your book, After a Near-Death Experience, Abuse and Addiction. Um, So tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, the background previously to this book so that people understand where you're coming from. Okay. Well, the inspiration for the book is the fact that I am a survivor of domestic violence and addiction. And when I got caught up in that, uh, started with the abuse, I had never had anyone treat me like that in my life. And I really didn't know how to deal with it. So it was really easy to, when I was introduced to cocaine, to become addicted because it numbed all the pain. And So long story short, I went through many years of uh, turbulence with the man I was with at that time before I finally moved away um, and went back home uh, in Wisconsin. And um, it wasn't until I had a heart attack at the age of 24 that was caused by my drug use when I was faced with this situation of, you know, two, I had two choices. Either I was going to continue down the path of destruction or I was going to choose to live a better life for myself and for my son. And it was the hardest decision I ever had to make, but it was after having the heart attack and being fortunate enough to live, I knew that that was the way I wanted to go. So you talk um, about something that I don't think is discussed a lot. Um, And so I know a lot of times people see like on TV or things like that, um, you know, a person who becomes a victim of domestic violence um, and they don't really understand it. Can you give people a little bit of insight into, you know, how that kind of creeps up on you? You know, I mean, obviously nobody's like, and then I want to find somebody that's really going to abuse me. <laughs> you know, so can, <laughs> how does that, you know, can you explain to people who haven't been through that, how that happens? Sure. Uh, yeah, I definitely would not have signed up for that class. <laughs> um, so what happens is, you know, uh, for me, it was that I was very young and, you know, I, that young love, I just was probably a little more infatuated with the whole concept of love and marriage and the relationship. And I didn't really understand the depth of what a real healthy relationship and marriage was. 
I just had that, you know, pretend vision in my mind. Um, but when I first met him, uh, the man, it was, you know, we were very much in love and he was very nice. But what happens after time is they know how to manipulate you, to control you, and they tell you that they're going to change. And in your heart, you love this person. So you think, well, of course they're going to, because I love them too. And if he loves me, of course they're going to want to change and be a better person, right? But the mm-hmm. cycle just keeps going on and on, and it doesn't really end. So you get caught up in that cycle of believing and thinking they're going to change, that they don't mean to hurt you, but they do. So the not that part of your book really obviously applies to, you know, you don't deserve to be mistreated, to mistreat yourself because you're being abused. Um, but share people some of the good side of it. What are the kind of things that we really do deserve? What is the this? Oh, my gosh. The this is the triumphs in life. You deserve the joys of everything that life has to offer. And that's why I call the abundance because there's so many beautiful things in life. And for me, it was my children, finding another person to marry that Corey and he's been fantastic. And then being happy and joyous. Uh, another thing of, you know, this life now is to have the confidence to be strong. It's, and of course, a big one is accepting all the imperfection about me. So, mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a big one. Accepting the imperfection about me. Can you say a little bit more about that? Oh, definitely. I used to do a lot of comparison. And I don't know if it's a situation where a lot of women find themselves doing that. Um, From those I've talked to, it does seem to be a common thread. And I would say, I would look at other women and say, I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't smart enough. And when I was in the abusive relationship, that was reinforced by the things he would tell me. And so I never thought I was ever worthy of anything good. And that now I can say, it's okay. Maybe my hair is a little graying. Maybe I have a kind of, you know, pudgy little nose. Maybe I'm short. That's okay. Because I'm who I am today. And I love who I am. I love when a person comes to that place of self-acceptance and really realizes that, you know, you've got to do you because we need you in the world. Mm-hmm. It's really important to do that. And, you know, it's sad when I see uh, younger women and even women my age still struggling to impress and be somebody that they're not. It's hard to sit by and watch that. So if you were able to go back in time, you know, if we had a time machine here on the radio show and we could take you back and let you talk to the younger version of yourself, what advice would you give you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, The first thing I would tell her, the younger version of me is, you know, you are an incredibly courageous and strong young woman. 
And that's all you need in life. You don't need anything else but that. So, um, uh, you know, explain to people the difference between, you mentioned it a little bit, you know, how great your new husband is and stuff, but Mm -hmm. can you paint a picture for us? I mean, I'm not sure that some people really get it. So what is the difference between now being with a good guy versus, you know, before? Okay. Um, In the prior relationship, it was one of constant controlling and manipulation and so that everything I did I had to get permission to do and if I didn't do it right I was punished so there was this constant constant uh, voice telling me you have to do this if you don't do this I'm not going to love you who's going to love you you're no good and then to go now to this relationship where this man says, what do you want to do? You're free to do it. It's okay. I'm not going to stand and judge you. I'm not going to hurt you. And that was, I think, one of the most difficult things for me was that this man accepted me as who I was. He didn't want me to change the color of my hair. He didn't want me to dress a certain way. He allowed me to talk to any kind of people I wanted to. He let me have friends. And those things, they may sound small, but they're what make a person be able to be who they're meant to be. He didn't stifle me in any way. So it's just been beautiful. Well, shout out to all the good guys out there. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) So, um, you know, people need to read the book in order to get all of the You Deserve This. But if you could leave people with just one thing, what uh, word of encouragement or a little piece of advice would you give them? I think the biggest advice I always would say is that you are a beautiful person. You are an amazing person. You're here for a reason. It took me a long time to see that, but I knew God left me here for a reason. And my last thing is, I would actually leave him with this. How wonderful life is when you finally believe that you are worthy. Mm, That's great stuff. You deserve this, not that. Living an abundant life after near-death abuse and addiction by best-selling author Deborah Bruner. Deborah, thanks so much for spending some time with us here today. Oh, you're very welcome. It was a great time. Thank you so much for having me. I love that word abundance. I really want you to focus in on how can I live abundantly? Yeah, that can be financially, but a lot of times it's so much bigger, so much greater than that. Because when we really embrace abundance in every aspect, every area of our life, then we really, truly can thrive. And in the end, that's what we're here for, is we want to make a difference in the world. And we do that as we live as thriving entrepreneurs. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. 
What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. You're listening to Thriving Entrepreneur, and we're talking today about you getting exactly what you deserve. And by that, I mean some really awesome, amazing kind of things. Things that you can't even possibly contemplate now are coming your way, and that's what you deserve. In the last segment, we were talking a little bit more about the life end of things and thriving in life and business, and the kind of life that you really should be able to live and expect to live. Now we want to talk about the business aspect, and we want to talk about what are the things that people who are thriving in business, that are living what you might even call the super rich, what do they do? And so to help us with that, join me in welcoming John Bowen. Hi, John. How are you today? I am fantastic, Steve. Thank you for uh, having me on your show. Yeah, we appreciate you being here with us today. So tell me a little bit, for those that don't know you, um, about who you are and how you show up in the world. What do you, what do, you do on a day-to-day basis? Well, Steve, I've had the uh, privilege to be in the financial services industry for all my life, first as an advisor in Silicon Valley to a whole bunch of uh, very successful uh, entrepreneurs and managed a couple billion dollars of their money and then later uh, merged into a company where I became CEO on the sports and entertainment side and probably 600 of the top sports and entertainment, many of the names you'd know, I had the privilege of working with them. And more recently, uh, I decided we sold those businesses and I really got focused on helping other financial advisors coach you know, by coaching them so that they could serve their t- the affluent clients and that that's really been the primary focus and more recently we've uh, been doing more and more research on business owners and how they can make smart decisions working with financial advisors attorneys and accountants so i've been keeping busy steve it sounds like it um sounds like a lot of money has uh passed across a spreadsheet or, or other form on your desk over the course of the years? Well, there's a lot of digital, you know, trades and uh, things going on. And, you know, it's just been a real privilege because, and particularly for your audience, you know, as people become you know, ent- more entrepreneurial, I mean, they place themselves in the line of money, but, you know, so many people think they're doing it for the financial reasons, but in a recent survey we did, we found that uh, by far it wasn't greed. What it was was taking care of the family, 94%, the people they loved, the causes they care about, a little over 70%. And 
and 12% wanted to change the world. So, you know, we are in business to make a difference. And hopefully each person that's listening is finding their way to use what they do to really make a difference in the world. So, um, you know, money is one of those things that, uh, I mean, it has so many negative connotations often, you know, it's causes problems in marriages and, and all kinds of things. So, if you were to reframe people's mindset around money, what would be some things that you could suggest to them to help them have a better uh, money blueprint in their mind? Well, I think the the big thing to remember is that money is just a tool. Money isn't an end. Uh, you know, we're all in business, not for more business, but business to support the quality of life for the people that we care about. And so when I, I think of money, I'm looking at how can I fund the life of our clients, you know, my, my, uh, my family, and the people I care about and the causes I care about. And that's really what it's for. So um, what are some of the secrets that millionaires, billionaires know? Um, you use the phrase in your book, the super rich, know that the rest of us just don't know or we don't do. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, my partner and I, we've had the privilege of working with many billionaires, and uh, we study every level of wealth, but all the way up to what we call the super rich, 500 million and above net worth. And one of the things that might be useful for the audience is what we saw were really clear patterns that they had what we call seven money rules, the billionaire money rules. And let me just touch on them real quick is the, the concept of number one, to commit to extreme wealth. Now, this is what billionaires do, and it's, it's really what's your number or your goal setting. And I would encourage, you know, if we're going to be successful in life, we've got to decide what level of funding we need, that number, to have that great life that we want. Two is engage in enlightened self-interest, and this is all about negotiating with leverage. We want to be clear. You know, we're taught so often, you know, it's win, 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 win. But what we find is, you know, you really need to be clear on what you want first. And ideally, anybody you're negotiating with is going to win well, uh, you know, win as well. But it's very important from a billionaire perspective to engage in that enlightened self-interest. And putting yourself in the line of money this is so important. I mean, there are no social worker billionaires. I mean, you've got to pick, you know, uh, an area where you can do it profitably if, you know, being a billionaire is important. So whatever number you want is critical. Uh, fourth, which is a surprise to a lot of people, is pay everyone that's involved. One of the big things that you're going to find is it's so important to have compensation and to pay them well, and billionaires do. And you want to bring in the, the best for what you're doing, connect for profits and results. We see over and over again the power of networking and having just a few best friends, business best friends. And then six is um, use failure to refine and refocus. And this is all about getting really clear on not making the same mistake twice and studying. You'll fail quick, but understand why you did. And Above all, number seven, stay focused. Where are you going to invest your time and energy and capital to achieve all that you want? And we see this over and over again. The billionaires are doing this, 
but many of us as business owners are not. We leave too much to chance, Steve. So can you explain to people the difference between profitability, you know, growing your net worth versus just having a whole lot of cash flowing through your business? Well, so, so many business owners, successful business owners, have a good cash flow, a discretionary cash flow, but they're really not building personal wealth. And that's where the opportunity is, is, you know, we, we oftentimes have a CFO or a virtual CFO or some type of accountant helping us on business. But as we ha- become more profitable, we have not too silent partner, you know, taxes, the government taking a pretty large share. And to the extent we can arrange our affairs to minimize taxes, uh, take care of our errors, protect our assets from being unjustly taken and litigation and divorce, and then also for our charitable intent, we can just accumulate wealth much, much quicker. And that's what the super rich do. You've said twice now, so I wanted to just kind of tag back to it. Um, You said there are no billionaire social workers, but then in this last answer, you said, you know, the uh, philanthropy, those kind of things that we want to do in the world. So can you kind of touch more on to the concept of how you can still do big good in the world, but it's just a matter of how you approach it? Well, I think that one of the challenges in life is uh, almost everybody wants to do good somewhere. But we we need resources to do that, and certainly we can invest our time in charities and not-for-profits appreciate that. Uh, More often than not, they'd rather have your check or have a, a significant financial contribution. And this is where, as business owners, you know, have success, we find that over 70% want to make, they have causes they care about, and they want to make contributions. And by being successful in your business and then going ahead, it's not, you know, a, a lot of times it's kind of people think, well, as business owners, we have to really give back because we've been rewarded. You know, yeah, certainly there's a life of abundance successful business owners have, but it's really paying forward because you know, we've created value, and that's why the capitalism works by giving value first, and then you get paid and compensated for it. Well, by get paying it forward, we can make a difference in the world, and we see that really consistently, Steve, at every level of wealth there's a desire to do that, but business owners are in a unique position to do even more. There is this whole concept of, um, you know, money being the root of all evil, which, by the way, is a misquote, but we won't get into that today. Um, Why is it, do you think, that we have uh, a general cultural belief that people who have made enormous amounts of money um, must have somehow done something underhanded or evil? Well, there there are examples of people doing that. So that and they are they make for colorful stories in the entertainment world, but it's it's a very small part of the population. I mean, when we think of almost anything in our life, uh, from a material standpoint that we enjoy, that's made our life simpler, it's a business person that has created that, and they didn't do it specifically for you. They did it because. 
in their own enlightened self-interest, they wanted to build a greater wealth so that they could support the life that they wanted for their friends, family, and uh, uh, causes they care about. And, and I think, you know, this is sometimes we, you know, in today's world, certainly from a political standpoint, uh, there are strong disagreements uh, on all sides, but we, we, and we tend to demonize business, those non-business people. And we don't really understand, Steve, the value that's being created and how hard <laughs> so many business people are working to add value to other people's life in their own enlightened self-interest. So over the years, you know, we talked earlier about all of the digital money that's crossed your desk, but I know you've gotten an opportunity to meet some amazing world-changing people. Um, and obviously we can't go into the stories of each of them, but what would you say is maybe one of the biggest standout things that you learned from one of those individuals that has just, you know, changed your life when they poured it into you? Well, yeah, it was really funny. Uh, one of the things we hear over and over again, that money can't buy happiness. And I remember one, a, a very substantially wealthy family and I'm talking with the, uh, husband and uh, that somehow had come up in conversation. He goes, I want to tell you uh, that's not true. And I said, well, give me an example. And he said he was currently funding, he just opened up an orphanage in Guatemala. He goes, I've got 75 kids praying for me every morning. When I go down there, I have bought happiness. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, there, I find so many business People that are having success, they they really, you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but it certainly insulates from pain, and it gives you options. And what most business people are doing, and most people who are saving, we're we're looking to really have freedom, freedom of thought, freedom of action, freedom of people we hang out with, and that's what you can accomplish. Where. You know, it's it's so often thought that it's limiting, and, and I got to say that you know we're we're in one of the most abundant times, if not the most abundant time in the world, and it's it's really there for us if we take smart action, uh, we can accomplish you know tremendous things, and we don't need to be a billionaire to accomplish that. We just really need to decide the life that we want to have, and then work to build that personal wealth to fund it. I like that you keep coming back to the personalization of knowing yourself well enough to then create the life that you know is best for you rather than um, it just being a dollar figure that may or may not have any purpose behind it. It is, Steve. It's so, it really is critical because you know, we can get caught up in watching TV or in different parts of our communities and see people that are more affluent than us. Um, you know, I've had the privilege of working with a billionaire that had a very average home, and he just he never wanted his kids to know that he had money. He was making enough to buy a new house pretty much every day. And, you know, it's, that was a lifestyle he chose. And then others, obviously, you know, a much more affluent lifestyle. And, and it's really, you know, being thoughtful. And then once you, you know, have that successful business, 
then putting a plan, working with the right advisors who can help you organize your affairs to you know, become seriously wealthy, whatever that number is to you, so that you can achieve your goals. So over the years, you've learned a lot of things. And if you could go back to a younger version of yourself, doesn't really matter when, 5, 10, 15, 20 you know, years ago, whatever, and you could give yourself one piece of advice, what is the thing that you're like, I know now, I wish I would have known it when I was 20? Well, I, I'm going to go back to the billionaire money rules and take number seven, which is focus. You know, pick an area that you really, you know, enjoy working where you have a unique ability to add value and stay focused. It's, we find so often that, you know, most of the successful entrepreneurs we've had the privilege of working with, they've been persistent. They've been anything but overnight success. They had a long journey. Most wealth, really serious wealth, doesn't happen until after 55. Yeah, we all know I live in Silicon Valley of the internet startup and the huge home run, but you know that's that's the exception to the rule. And so, you know, what I would say to myself at a you know starting out business age, you know, be patient, be persistent, really enjoy the journey, and you'll do well. And surround yourself with talented people too. Talk a little bit more about that concept of um, failure, you know, because I think sometimes we buy into the, well, yeah, but they had a silver spoon, you know, their dad loaned them money, whatever. Um, give some examples of some real failures that people who now are phenomenal successes have had to go through in order to get to where they are. Well, it is almost always a rule anyone who has a significant amount of wealth almost always went through some major challenge. You know, and, and so often people don't share that. And it's, it's really unfortunate, but it's only through trying things. I mean, the only way to make sure you never fail is never play the game, never get into the arena. But once you do that, what we want to do is fail quick. And what I mean by that is we don't want to take a lot of money and put a huge amount at risk. We want to, one of the best ways of learning is failing quick. You know, from a, I know you publish books. I mean, you're, you're helping uh, entrepreneurs from the thought leadership side, Steve. And one of the most powerful things in a book is its cover, its, it's, its message. And, you know, I love books. We're big on thought leadership. Well, one of the simplest things is to test those titles, prior to publishing the book. And in today's world for, you know, $100, $200, the ability to test and run a marketing campaign on Facebook to your audience and see what works is uh, pretty amazing. And you don't even have to have the book done, for instance. You can run that ahead of time and just, you know, tell them they were part of a marketing test and that they'll get the book for free when you publish it. And you know, it, that's what I, I love is that, you know, really being willing to fail, but not failing big, but failing quick. And then using today's digital technology, we can so quickly test anything anymore. 
So I like to always leave people with something tangible, something that they could um, take right now today and begin to take action on. And, and you gave really good, seven really good steps, but let's uh, distill it down to one thing. Somebody who this is a new concept for them um, and they really now want to begin to move in that direction. What's an action that a person can take to begin to build true wealth in their life? Well, I encourage them to go to our website, aesnation.com, and we did a study of 3,500 business owners, their peers, uh, the state of entrepreneur, and we have all that research available. I did that with Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach and Joe Polish of Genius Network. But, you know, again, you know, coming back to, you know, the action, um, one of the most powerful things we're in the process of studying, Steve, now is, I'm going to call them CEO groups, peer-to-peer -peer networks, masterminds. We're seeing a very significant increase in success by those people who hang out with other CEOs in a formal structure. And I'd really encourage them to look for a group that they want to be involved in, that they can spend some time and learn from each other. It's been one of the most powerful things I've done. I, I spend uh, currently over 100000 a year being in groups like this, and it, and it has paid me millions of dollars. And I get to hang out with people I really enjoy and make a difference. Again, we're the most like the people that we spend time with. Well, there, you know, there is that rule that you know, whoever the five people you spend the most time with you know, your income and net worth is going to be their average. And, you know, as a, for most business owners, particularly, you know, CEOs, it's very hard to explain what you do to um, really your friends, sometimes to your spouse or significant other. And being in one of these groups where, you know, we're working collectively, where it's a giving group, uh, it's just, I've just seen so uh, big of amazing uh, results. And we're in the process of doing a big research project, and we've say we've found that if you're in more than one, uh, you actually increase your success. In more than one big peer group. Yeah, more than one CEO peer group or mastermind group. And I think it's important to to point out. You said you know you personally are spending about a hundred thousand dollars a year to be in groups like that. Um, and that, of course, is a, a number based on what level you are in your personal and business life. But um, you got to be willing to spend the money. Yeah, we, and what we find is it's about the break. Is it about seven thousand, where they become serious, spending seven thousand a year? So seven thousand. And well, I, just one real quick question here before we wrap things up. Um, is it worth it to stretch yourself to get to that 7,000 or above, even if your business is kind of in those earlier stages? Um, or is that progressive that you just have to put on your wish list until, um, until it's a, a, you know, a good percentage of what you're making? Yeah, I think it's really important to have a proof of concept before you bring, you know, join one of the groups. So you actually have a business that's running, most of these groups have a minimum type um, you know, situation that is going to be uh, uh, important for you to make uh, you know, or to meet.
but I wouldn't do it as, you know, there are groups that are startup, you know, incubator groups too. So I, w I would just make sure I picked one that was really suitable. And, and certainly I wouldn't put myself at, one of the things that entrepreneurs do, good entrepreneurs do, you know, they're always thought of as big risk takers. You know, the most successful entrepreneurs, uh, they mitigate risk like crazy. They, don't wa they work very hard to cut down risk. So I wouldn't stretch too far, but I would, you know, as early as possible and prudent, join one of these groups. Well, John, I really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Um, tell everybody how they can get in contact with you to further work with you. So the best way, we, we publish an awful lot of research in this space, and you can go to AES, it stands for Accelerating Entrepreneurial Success, AESNation.com. And you will see, you know, a bunch of publications available. And, uh, you know, I wish uh, your listeners the best of success in going out there and making a big difference. Their uh, clients, their future clients, and their families are all counting on them. What a great way to look at that. There are people that are in your family, people that are currently your clients, future people that are going to be your clients, that are waiting on you, that are counting on you to show up as your best. And that starts by embracing that you do deserve more, that you are worthy, and that you really truly can have that great life. I hope that you know this time that I spent with John really will encourage you to see things bigger than what you maybe have been able to contemplate. And just like I've had to have in my own life where you look at the limiting beliefs that you have out of situations in your past, you can now move into a bigger and brighter future because you've seen a bigger and brighter possibility. And while we do that, we can thrive. And that's what it really means to live as a thriving entrepreneur. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. You've been listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. And as always, the time has just flown by. I don't know how it is, but I sometimes think that the show 
operates inside of a time vacuum, you know, that time just speeds up. It's so much fun for me, and it's always over so much sooner than I wish that it was. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to come into your lives, and I hope that today has really inspired you to look at your life, to look at your circumstances, and really say to yourself, you know what? I deserve good things. I deserve better. I deserve more. I deserve... You know, um, there's a principle that you can't use the phrase, I am, and not and disbelieve that. You know, so if you say, I am, and then you put something bad behind that, and I'm intentionally not saying anything bad because I don't want to put that into my own brain. But if you do say, I am, and you say something derogatory about yourself... Your brain just automatically believes that. That's the way our brains work. On the other hand, if you say, I am worthy, I am deserving, your brain has no pro has no option but to believe that too. You know, um, we had a guest on the show uh, quite some time ago now, and he was actually talking about the fact that we often ask ourselves the questions of, you know, things that we don't want in our life and we ask ourselves why we have it and then our brain starts trying to answer it for us so you know if we say something derogatory you know why is it this way and again I'm purposefully not saying those things because I don't want those in my life I don't want my brain to figure that out so what our brains do when we ask it questions right so let's ask it positive questions why am I succeeding in life? Why do I deserve to be loved? Why do I deserve to show up powerfully in the world and make a real difference in the people that I've been put on this earth to serve? Those are powerful questions, and those are things that really will serve you. And I hope and encourage you that you'll be able to do that. You can listen um, you know, to the whole entire show on Affirmations. Um, it's about a year and a half ago, and I'll ask Claire, my assistant, to put a link in here um, so that you can click over to it as well um, and really learn how to be able to put into yourself positive and powerful affirmations. Um, I really want to encourage you about all of this, and I'm doing it selfishly because I know that when you show up in the world, the world that I live in is a better world. Think about powerful people. Think about Oprah. Think about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, you know, think about Mahatma Gandhi, Mother Teresa. People who are powerful, not because, you know, they were the king or the emperor or something, but because they showed up in the world. And their names ring true and will probably forever, because they showed up. They made an impact and they made a difference. And I want that for you too, because you deserve it. One of the foundational, but probably most basic concepts as we thrive as an entrepreneur is our story. It's, you know, it doesn't have to be forever. Our message changes throughout the course of our life. Who we are, what we know, what we do may change. But we are still the same us, you know? We've just grown and matured. Just like there's a lot of differences between you now than, you know, when you were 10. You're not a different human being. Your DNA didn't change. 
You just grew, you matured, you learned some things. And that's the same thing with our business. The foundational element of that is your story. And as long as you're outputting your story, you know, because you're going to have a conversation with social media, with the people in your life, with your clients and stuff like that, about what you were put on this earth to, to share. And while you're busy doing that, why not be a bestseller while you're doing it? It's something you're going to do anyway. And so let's make it as powerful and impactful as possible. Step one to being able to do that is so simple. Just join Kathy and I at bestsellersguild.com. We'll take you to Facebook. It's a free Facebook group. Just ask to join. We would love to have you as part of it. We want to see you be our next best-selling author. We want your short, your story <laughs> to be shared with the world because we know how powerful and impactful you are. And like I said, selfishly, I know that the world that I live in, that my children, my grandchildren live in, is a better place when each of us shows up and is the best version of ourselves. And you deserve that. That's what it means to thrive in both your life and business and to live as a thriving entrepreneur. So join us at bestsellersguild.com. Again, like I said, it's a free Facebook group. And uh, that'll get your journey started. We can share with you several ways that you can get your book out. And you can have your book be a bestseller. All for one reason. For one purpose. And that's to create that solid foundation under what you are meant to do in this world. So that you show up as the best version of yourself. Because you are uniquely brilliant. I can't emphasize that enough. There's nobody ever been, ever going to be you. You are uniquely brilliant. And you know what? You were created on purpose with a purpose, as Tia Ross would say. You were created for a purpose. You're not an accident. You're not a happenstance. The world needs you. We need every single bit of you giving 100% of yourself so that all of us can thrive in our lives and businesses. Know that Kathy and I are here to help you live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur so that you can get exactly what you really truly do deserve. I hope that that'll sink in. And until next time, have an amazing, great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. 
It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.